Recording in progress. Good evening, Commissioner Feller. Good evening. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. Good. It's 6.30, so I'm going to start. Is that okay? Um, this is the uh, March 15th meeting of the Planning Commission. Welcome, everybody. Uh, at this point, uh, Director Phipps, can you uh, uh, do call to order? Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Happy to. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Planning Commissioners, staff, and members of the public. This evening's meeting is being held at City of Sausalito Council Chambers at 420 Litho Street and is open to members of the public. Members of the public may also access this meeting and provide public comment through Zoom. With that, I will move to call roll. Commissioner Saad? Here. Commissioner Graff? Here. Commissioner Feller? Here. Vice Chair Junius? Present. Chair Luxembourg? Here. All right, we are all present. Quorum achieved. Thank you, thank, Chair. Thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, the next item on the agenda is approval of the agenda. Look for a motion to approve. So moved. So moved. Second. Uh, is there any uh, any discussion? Seeing none, uh, call you can call the roll, please. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes. Next item on the agenda is public comments on items not on the agenda. Director Phipps, if you could explain that item. Thank you, Chair. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations. State law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject to be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes for a speaker. If you would like to make a comment in person, please fill out a speaker card and bring it to staff so we can call on you when it is your time to speak. Um, 
Alternatively, you can raise your hand. If you would like to make a comment virtually in the Zoom application, please raise your hand. Um, to raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be called upon, notified when their time has elapsed. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Director Phipps, are there any, uh, I'll let you do, I'll call for public comment if you see any. Thank you very much. We'll move on to the next item, item four, approval of planning commission minutes. Um, uh, I'm looking for a motion to approve. So moved. Second. There's a second. Thank you. Uh, any discussion about the minutes? They're in the packet. Uh, seeing none, if you call the roll, uh, Director Phipps. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Genius. Yes. Chair Luxenberg. Yes. Motion carries. Uh, item five, uh, this is item communications. Uh, with that, uh, I'll look for a presentation from staff, Director Phipps. Thank you, Chair. Um, a couple communication items this evening regarding CDD staffing. Always happy to provide updates. We have a number of solicitations that are ongoing. I'm happy to report that we conducted interviews for the positions of associate planner and senior planner earlier this week and have interviews scheduled for the role of community development technician tomorrow. Um, that, that role is similar to a permit tech role. I plan to evaluate uh, interviews at the start of next week based on results from interviews this week and um, look forward to keeping you all posted in connection with staffing updates. Based on those updates, I'll also work with HR um, and provide direction to them regarding moving forward with preferred candidates. That does it for CDD staffing. Um, I have an additional item regarding the ferry landside presentation. Just want to confirm with commissioners, I, I did share at the last meeting, uh, Director McGowan and I were looking at bringing this public hearing item to the commission on the 29th. And I have confirmed that this item will come before the commission on the 29th. Thank you staff for assisting in the noticing. That does it for CDD staff communications. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, we'll move on to uh, 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 City Attorney Rudin. Do you have any uh, updates at this time? No, I don't have any updates at this time. Thank you very much. We'll move on to subcommittee reports. The first subcommittee report is the Objective Design and Development Standards Subcommittee. Uh, I'll turn to Vice Chair Junius. I believe that is going to be scheduled for uh, March 29th. Correct. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, we are preparing for that hearing. Um, consultants are uh, ready to go, and I think um, uh, Commissioner Feller is also ready to go. If you have anything else to add, Christina? I have nothing more to add. I'm looking forward to this coming on the 29th. Thank you. Uh, thank you both. Uh, next uh, subcommittee is the California Housing Legislative Working Group, which is myself and uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius. I'll turn it over to Vice Chair Junius. Uh, nothing to report tonight. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, standard conditions uh, of approval for uh, resolutions. That's my myself and uh, and Vice Chair Junius. Uh, at this point, we are waiting for the, that your new staffing to come on board, and that will be a task that's assigned once they come on board. So there's no new updates on that item at this time. Uh, next item is the Ferry Landside Working Group, which you just mentioned. Uh, Commissioner Feller, Commissioner Saad, any additional comments on that subcommittee at this point? 
uh, actually it's myself and Vice Chair Junius that sit on that working group. Um, but there's nothing more to report. We have not met uh, and looking forward to this item coming in front of the Planning Commission on the 29th. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fellow, Vice Chair Junius. Anything to add? On? Nothing to add. Thank you. Uh, next item is the housing element working group. That's Commissioner uh, Feller and Commissioner Saad. That's what where my eye went to. So apologize that on the previous working group. Uh, Commissioner uh, Feller first. Uh, there is no, nothing new to report at this time, um, other than to reiterate that Sausalito did meet its statutory deadline. Um, our final submission is still with HCD, and they have sixty days to review that. So we are hoping to receive that. Um, Director Fifth, if I'm not mistaken, in about another month and a half. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Commissioner Sada, anything to add? Nothing more to add. Okay, thank you both. Uh, Parklets, uh, that's Commissioner Feller and myself. Uh, we're waiting for uh, legal to provide some uh, process information that can go in an update of the report. Uh, Commissioner uh, Director Phipps, is there anything new on that that piece that legal is doing? No, that's that's correct, Chair. Thank you for for that update. And uh, staff is working based on progress made in connection with that ordinance to, to schedule a follow up meeting with the uh, Parklet Working Group so to make sure that we're all on the same page and that changes proposed by staff um, are consistent with the vision that the working group had for the program. Okay, that's that's great. Thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, finally, the Master Plan Working Group, uh, Commissioner. Uh, Feller and Commissioner Saad, uh, you were working on, I understand, a scope. Is, is there a status report from that? Yeah, um, Commissioner Feller and I have established um, some communication with some um, experts in the industry. Like you mentioned, we are looking just to scope out the master plan at this point. Um, so we've had a few initial conversations and then we will regroup. Um, just to reiterate, when Commissioner Feller was our chair for the past two years. We have asked many times from city council for some funding. So we are still looking um, and are hopeful that we will receive some. Um, but that is where we are, unless Commissioner Feller has anything to add. Nothing more to add. Thank you, Commissioner Saad, and thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you both. Uh, with that, uh, we'll open up communication. Chair, I'll turn this over to public uh, comment on. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Feller, sorry. Pardon my, my interruption, uh, Chair Luxembourg. I just wanted to make a point that at our last commission hearing, I reported out that uh, Director McGowan has re-established um, uh, uh, most of the landslide task force uh, to help him uh, review what uh, Miller Pacific is doing. And I just want to note that we have not met yet um, at this time, uh, but that this should be an item that we continue to update um, the public on at our commission hearings going forward. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Fellow. We'll, we'll add that to future agendas. Uh, and at this point, before I go to uh, have Director Phipps to ask for public comment on this item, any other commissioners have any other updates under communications? And Chair Feller, or actually Chair Luxembourg, uh, I have a question for Commissioner Feller, just as a sort of Brown Act compliance point. Are you attending this meeting remotely under the just circumstances or just cause or the emergency circumstances exception? 
Um, just cause, not emergency. Okay. Um, are there any individuals uh, age 18 years or older present in the room with you that you need to disclose? No, there are not. I'm alone. Great. Thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you uh, uh, City Attorney Rudin. Uh, at this point, we will move on to uh, we will uh, I will turn it over to Director Phipps to see if there's any public comment on this agenda item. Looking to public comment, looking for raised hands in the audience, seeing none, seeing no raised hands in the Zoom application chair. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, with the, at this point, we'll move on to number six, new business. Uh, we're looking for a presentation. We will have a presentation this evening from the sea level rise task force and who's presenting for that, uh, Director Phipps. Thank you, Chair. Uh, item 6A is a presentation from Council Member Kelman related to Sausalito's planning for sea level rise and the sea level rise task force. Um, I'm not seeing Council Member on... Oh, but she is joining us in person as we speak. Councilmember Kelman, welcome. Councilmember Kelman, welcome. We're we're up on this agenda. We just we just we called just got, we just called this agenda for the item. So you had perfect timing. Question, Councilmember, would you would you like us to continue or um, as in push to an item later on in the agenda, or are we okay to rock and roll? Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Councilmember. And Councilmember Kelman, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Much appreciated. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, we're talking tonight about sea level rise. So you all know me and nice to meet you all. I'm Janelle Kelman, um, member of the Sausalito City Council, chair of the Sausalito Sea Level Rise Task Force. Um, in my uh, spare time, or originally I was an environmental lawyer, turned entrepreneur, turned local elected. Uh, and I also run a global NGO called the Center for Sea Rise Solutions. So um, I've been looking at this issue pretty closely and excited to try to help Sausalito move some things forward. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about some issues that I think maybe planning commissioners might be interested in. As you know, I spent 10 years on and off the planning commission. Uh, so hopefully uh, we can have a dialogue and I'll just try to present some information and take your questions. So next slide. Uh, so one of the things I really want to achieve tonight uh, and what we're trying to figure out at the City Council is how to overcome a structural deficit to make sure that we are following through with some much needed infrastructure improvements. And so a vision that I want to share with you that the task force has considered for the last two and a half years is how can we make Sausalito more resilient with a focus on infrastructure and reduce risk by being proactive to find long-term climate resilience and standardize the development process. Last thing we want are folks coming before you all uh, trying to figure out how to navigate these emerging issues and anything we can collaboratively do to figure out some standardization, I think will help everybody and streamline the process. Next slide. Uh, so uh, please don't ask me tonight um, how much uh, flooding or sea level rise we'll have in 2025 and 2030 and 2050. Nobody uh, knows for sure, but what they do know, and what you're seeing here is a slide from the very recent NOAA interagency technical memo between NOAA, which is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, uh, U.S. Geological Survey, uh, and other federal agencies, is that previously it was believed that it was sort of like 
uh, slow uh, incremental uh, creep to, to flooding. And what they've discovered is that from now until 2030, that more incremental change will, will happen. But from 2030 to 2050, they've been able to leverage data from NASA and from obviously from space to show that that uh, actually intensifies at a rate uh, unknown before. And so we're going to see more flooding and increased intensity, increased frequency. And so this is from the NOAA interagency memo, a high level view of the things that we should be considering uh, and how we might push forward. I won't read the slide to you because you don't need me to do that. Uh, but I wanted to include this because this interagency memo is the first time that the federal uh, government was able to come together and say, there's too many models. There's so much data. How the heck are local communities supposed to sort through this? Let's find some common denominator we can work from. Uh, so uh, I want to refer you, uh, San Francisco just spent several million dollars in an effort with the Army Corps of Engineers. And this is what San Francisco is uh, focusing on and considering to be the measurements, the most likely in the upper range over those timeframes that are most often looked at 2030, 2050 and beyond. And so this just gives you a range. Um, it's probabilistic. It's one of the most difficult things about climate work is that uh, it's uncomfortable to not have certainty. And the truth is, uh, I thought we were going to get a lot of rain today. Um, we didn't, right? You never quite know it's going to happen, but it will happen. And so the best thing we can do is be prepared for it. Uh, so uh, when I took um, my seat on the council in 2020, um, I asked the mayor at the time, Mayor Hoffman, to create and appoint me to the Saucelia Sea Level Rise Task Force. Uh, and this is what we've been doing. We've created an interactive sea level rise map. Uh, this map was actually put together for us by Cass Green, who owns In Above Tide. She's also a GIS and Esri mapping expert. She's mapped all of the tidal marshlands in Marin County. She's written books on Esri. She's on a federal advisory committee for NOAA uh, and for NASA. Uh, she's the real deal. We're very lucky to have her. She put this map together and we overlaid, took uh, LIDAR and GIS, and we overlaid key infrastructure points. Uh, so you can see across the six different scenarios that the state has adopted, what our potential risk is as a community. Um, the TL, the DR, the too long didn't read, uh, is that uh, if you like running water and you like electricity, all of that infrastructure is in the low-lying areas. So even if you live on a hill, you should be concerned. This is available uh, free of charge, of course, uh, to all Sausalito residents on our website. Uh, we also took a look at a vulnerability study prepared in 2017 by Marin County. That was 2017. Lots of things have changed. Intensity has changed. Development has changed. Uh, and so one of the things we're looking forward to is updating that study. Uh, and then we issued a report to the council in 2021, 20 pages, 17 uh, immediate, short-term, and long-term recommendations uh, after the first six months. Uh, this is just a slide to show you what the interactive map looks like. This is a medium term. I'll just call your attention to the fact that in January, we had what was known as a 100-year flood. Pardon me, a 100-year storm. Um, so the state of California has adopted six different scenarios. Uh, those scenarios were recommended by NOAA. Uh, the state adopted them. The county adopted them. We as a city task force decided, well, we're not going to recreate the wheel. We're obviously going to use those six scenarios. This is the middle scenario. And this is a northern uh, a part of town, the Marinship area. Uh, and you can see what happens when you have a 100-year storm. And again, I'll just remind you in January, that was classified as a 100-year storm. So these 100-year storms are actually happening uh, much more frequently. Uh, okay, so pretty dense slide here. Uh, just some information about what we've been doing uh, since then. So uh, 
fortunately, uh, your leadership has uh, uh, asked us to step in and develop some type of standardized uh, request form for new projects in potentially flooded areas. So the sea level rise information request form to obtain key details, I think was attached to your agenda. You probably have a hard copy, members of the public have it. And this is performed on five or six different uh, projects that came before you, uh, Varda Landing, 265 Gay Fry Road, et cetera. Um, I was not involved with those. Uh, I took myself out of that process, uh, but we had a very talented subcommittee working on them. Uh, and then the current process, and this I think is something we want to talk about tonight, is um, you know, planning commission identifies there's a need, um, requests an assessment, uh, who's going to perform that assessment, I'm sure you all know. We recently uh, hired and should be starting mid-March a uh, resilience and sustainability director, and so uh, I'm assuming she's going to be running point on these things. Uh, and then last thing I want to mention here on this slide is this is all based on the state of California Ocean Protection Council sea level rise risk analysis and decision framework. So the point of mentioning that is, again, we didn't pull this out of thin air. We didn't make it up arbitrarily. Uh, we didn't create any of the data or any of the frameworks. We used what was already out there that had been vetted at the federal and state level, and we're bringing it to Sausalito in a way that can be applied in our community. Okay, so um, immediate steps that we can do, and again, these are some suggestions. Um, you may know last year, I asked uh, the assembly and the state senator for $4 million for sea level rise mitigation and planning. Um, we got a million dollars. And uh, we were notified at Cal OES that we'll be delivering those monies sometime in the next six to eight weeks. That money is for sea level rise mitigation and planning. So what do we do with that? Well, we can complete our vulnerability assessment. Um, we can make sure that we have general plan consistency in our design review, which of course is one of the findings you all have to make. We can evaluate a shoreline ordinance. Uh, Burlingame uh, in San Mateo County has one. We can look at a coastal overlay zone. Uh, and we can also look at applying sea level rise lens to our capital improvement program and planning and find ways to dovetail uh, those efforts together. And so one of the, like an example why that's so important, we're looking at a sewer consolidation right now. You may know that we handle the conveyances. We don't handle the wastewater treatment. Um, and we work together with the Marin uh, Sausalito Sanitation District. We're looking at consolidating those services. Uh, last year was the first year the Sanitation District actually looked at sea level rise planning in its long-term uh, vulnerability assessment, uh, but they haven't really done a thorough study. And so as we look at that consolidation, how do we make sure Sausalito is protected? Uh, and I included this slide as some additional examples. Again, I'm not going to read it uh, all to you, but these are some some things that we're seeing around the country, and I include examples in this packet from Miami-Dade, from Ventura County, ways that you can, as a, as a planning body, start to adjust and plan for sea level rise. Um, we can look at ways to reduce uh, the impact of coastal flooding. Do we elevate buildings? Do we enable them to flow? Do we float? Do we have different standards around uh, foundation design? Um, can we update our building codes and our zoning? Do we have uh, things like uh, uh, buffers or above freeboard distance rates that allow us to make sure that we're not going to flood the, the ground floor of a building? Do we create some type of coastal overlay zone that triggers additional planning or like a heightened design review, if you will? And then how do we design buildings or infrastructure to actually live with water? So the Dutch have a really cool thing called a water park. It looks like an amphitheater when it's vacant. And then when it floods, 
it looks like a pond. Uh, and then the rest of the time when it's not flooding, they use it for concerts and playing basketball. I'm not saying that we should build one of those here, but I think, you know, we have creativity here on the, on the dais, creativity here in this town. Uh, what are some ways that we can think forward uh, as we know we are going to flood and we already are flooding in parts of town? Uh, so there's some example of what I mean when I say uh, zoning changes. And I would say if I had to vote, um, from, and I would vote uh, the top three things that we could do as decision-making bodies to plan for sea level rise. I would align with the capital improvement plan. I would uh, in, in, uh, inject uh, sea level rise planning into our zoning, and I would standardize the process for development so everybody knows what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what they can do. And frankly, it's better for a long-term investment ROI to help provide that guidance. I think that's part of what our job is. Uh, next slide. Um, and then again, just I want to provide just examples. Uh, when I say adaptation, what does that mean? Uh, we can do everything like Daylight Willow Creek and restore some of our wetlands, repair and retrofit our facilities, uh, find ways to do uh, green riprap, uh, marshlands. There's lots of nature-based solutions, uh, modify land use uh, planning or some opportunities. There's ways to adapt that other communities have already pursued. Lots of examples. And if this body would like them, I'm sure we could uh, provide you with more information. Uh, this is just an example I included here from Ventura County. This is one paradigm for planning that that county has utilized, how you protect, accommodate, and retreat. Uh, and so this just lays out how some communities consider these things. What does it mean to protect? What does it mean to accommodate? The difference between green infrastructure, gray infrastructure. Uh, I will just share with you, there's this amazing article in Scientific American that shows that building a seawall uh, down in San Jose will create flooding in the Napa River. Sounds absolutely insane, but like I didn't write the article and I pretty much respect that periodical. So that's a type of interconnectivity we're talking about. And so this requires thoughtfulness, interconnectivity, hydrological planning. Uh, now's the time, I think, to probably 10 years ago was the time, but now is not a bad time to also do this. Uh, an overlay zone is actually really interesting. <clears throat> this, again, is something that would trigger something akin to heightened review. I don't know if there's another you know, terminology for it, but it's a way for, for you all to look beyond the FEMA flood maps, uh, which is the um, historic way that we have evaluated when certain properties might be in vulnerable areas. The problem with the FEMA flood maps, and I think this is just shared nationally, is that FEMA is often underfunded. And so those flood maps are really outdated and they don't take into account storm events, intensities, king tides, storm surges. And I don't need to tell you all how much we flood on Gate 5 Road, how much we flood on the um, on the bike path. Um, the, a lot of that is historic flood maps, but that that isn't enough, I think, in low-lying communities like ours. Uh, I, I strongly urge you to take some time to look at, at Burlingame. Um, Burlingame has been a real inspiration for our work. Uh, Burlingame joined forces with San Mateo. Of course, that county is where SFO is, and they have a large uh, hotel district. And they received $8 million from the state a couple years ago, and they developed a JPA called One Shoreline. And with that type of momentum in that area, they were able to develop a comprehensive update of their zoning ordinance. And so their zoning code actually has guidelines for development in the Bayfront area, has a whole Bayfront commercial district, uh, and helps uh, new applicants understand what requirements and, and helps them build better projects, which I think is part of our task. Uh, here's another example, uh, Miami-Dade County. 
uh, actually Florida is doing a tremendous amount of work around changing climate, um, climate change, changing climate. They're doing a lot of good work in, in, uh, in Florida and Miami-Dade is, is leading the way in a lot of these. They're not all directly applicable to us, but I just wanted to provide some uh, examples. So uh, what can we do right now? Uh, I can't overemphasize that first bullet around community engagement. Uh, not fear, just understanding, opportunity. What can we do to make ourselves a more resilient city and plan for the future? I'm sure you saw uh, our uh, sea lion got knocked over. And uh, part of that was the wave action that was hitting the shoreline at such velocity. And that thing was was welded and mounted pretty pretty well. And so it's only a matter of time before that. That's a, an old riprap type of situation. That area begins to inundate uh, Bridgeway, which is our main thoroughfare, of course. So what can we do? We can really engage the community. Uh, huge, huge step uh, with this hire uh, for our resilience and sustainability uh, director. And so now that's an individual that can work across uh, community and economic development, across DPW, across the city manager's office to be able to enable collaboration. Uh, I have been working diligently with our grant writer. I think we've applied for over $4 million in uh, resilience funds. <clears throat> there's FEMA BRIC funds, there's Cal OPR resilience funds. Uh, there's money out there and we will get it. I, I'm optimistic <laughs> the odds are in our favor. Uh, and then we can look at something like a citywide adaptation. And so this last slide here on the next slide shows you what San Francisco has done. And I, I like this slide, I included it here because it shows you the interconnectivity between departments and the opportunity that we have to really work across one you know, uh, building department into public works and make sure that uh, we're doing something in holistic fashion. And, you know, the old, uh, the old adage, if you're going to dig a trench, what else can you put in that trench? Um, and so this way we can have an opportunity to really look across that. So I think that's the one more slide, just thanking our uh, task force, really one of the best groups of people I've ever worked with, diligent and smart and motivated and hugely uh, impactful to this community. So thank you to them. And thank you for you all uh, to give me the opportunity to share. Uh, Councillor Coleman, thank you very much. That was an excellent presentation and also appreciate the sea level rise task force on those four projects that was helpful to us. Great. Uh, obviously, a coastal res resilience overlay zone would be a very helpful tool for us in reviewing projects. At this point, I would like to ask for hands from uh, members of the commission if we have questions. Uh, Commis Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg and uh, Council Member Kelman. Thank you for your leadership uh, on this task force and for uh, not just keeping it moving, but growing it and um, uh, really expanding the sphere of influence. I mean, it's such a critical point and I've enjoyed working with you on this and love love the top, but definitely look to you and the rest of your uh, task force as the experts here. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask a couple different things because when, when the Sea Level Rise Task Force was first uh, established, it, it also include discussion about subsidence, which which is not necessarily unique overall, but certainly we have a unique issue here in Sausalito. And so as the task force has evolved, are you also uh, looking at ways uh, to, to register the issues of subsidence um, in, in our town? Uh, great question. And thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. And thank you for your support and your participation in the task force as well. Um, the answer is, is yes. So as you know, you were on the landslide task force 
which looked at a geologic hazard abatement district, uh, amongst other geologic hazards in a, in a survey. And the council did approve an RFP to go out for a geologic survey. Um, if you don't know, I'm sure you do, maybe people listening don't know, that during World War II, uh, one of our hills, I think it was Pine Street, was actually dynamited by the Bechtel. And then they used that, that dirt to build out the waterfront. And so that waterfront is fill. And when you have a seismic event, it leads to something called liquefaction, which makes that fill less stable, turns it into a slurry. That means that as the water is coming up, the soil and the land is going down. Uh, sort of literally the perfect storm of events. Uh, and so uh, to Commissioner Feller's uh, astute question, we are looking at that. We are trying to embed that into our, our mapping. That's something that LIDAR is able to, to pick up. Uh, is whether something is moving down. But for historically, other parts of Marin County don't have that same issue. And so we've had to look at that from a, a very special uh, point of view. And, and, you know, you've mentioned the landslide task force. Um, and as you know, we've sort of been called called back um, for service. I don't know how else to put it, uh, to, to help um, DPW work with Miller Pacific. But, you know, in... It, in the early days of the task force, we talked a lot about, you know, these aren't always separate issues, particularly in Sausalito with all the underground springs and, and things of that kind that in weather years like we've been having, um, you know, those springs are recharged. And, and so it's creating issues with erosion, uh, not, not subsidence per se, but I mean, it, it, it's impacting the same issue uh, from, from a different perspective. And I'd love to see, you know, in terms of moving forward, I'd love to see a way where there is collaboration there um, and, and that these task forces aren't working necessarily in silos. Um, there's a lot of common ground there. I love your ideas about the heightened design review, the the, um, the an overlay zone, and then I, I also would like to ask you about, you know, the, the light industrial areas of the Marin ship. Um, you know, sea level rise is really damaging for a a, a lot of functions. Uh, but are there certain uh, businesses or uses that are light industrial? see this as an opportunity and and how do we take those opportunities that they see and build that into the potential of an overlay uh zone i mean there this this is why we've been pushing so very very hard for a comprehensive master plan of the entire city all of these things we can sort of war game through a master plan and so i'd love to get your thoughts about that too and, and what the task force has been doing yeah, it's such a cool question because we have really have opportunity. We're at ground zero here in terms of our planning. Um, in addition to being extremely optimistic and excited about sea level rise, I'm also a big fan of the uh, blue economy concepts. And so at the end of last year, I launched a blue economy task force to develop an innovation zone in Sausalito. And the reason for that, as you may know, we have uh, artificial oyster reefs off of Dunphy Park. And that came out of a grant from the California Coastal Conservancy. Those artificial oyster reefs were actually designed and made in the marine ship in Sausalito. And so this idea is how can we diversify our tax base, create greater economic and climate resiliency by developing some of those solutions here in Sausalito, they get deployed in Sausalito. And so this is something to consider. Um, and, and, you know, not surprisingly, when you think about light industrial uses, you think concrete floors, uh, corrugated steel, roll-up doors, uh, things that are uh, can withstand uh, some of the flooding issues that we're seeing here and maybe lend themselves better from a planning perspective uh, to areas that are going to inundate them. Thank you. 
cool. Um, I really want to thank you and the task force for all the work you've done on uh, the uh, design review applications that the Planning Commission has received in, in some of these uh, vulnerable areas, let's say. Um, the, your input, your review, and your work with the applicants has been a game changer. And I would like to I'd like to see a, a world where that is memorialized in our design reviews, uh, in the process procedures of applicants in certain areas, of course, to be defined. Um, and, you know, whatever this commission can do to also assist or support in a vulnerability assessment, um, I, I think that's really important. Um, I do believe heightened design review is, is a necessity in some of these areas, very similar to how uh, the landslide task force viewed certain areas as essential for heightened design review. Uh, but as of, as of this evening, um, none of that has been memorialized yet in the Sausalito Municipal Code or in our ordinances. And I would just like to close in asking for your support and endorsement uh, for priority funding for mission critical work that the city and the commission needs to do to update our Sausalito Municipal Code ordinances and to execute a comprehensive citywide master plan that includes all of these considerations collectively together and not just individually. It needs to be comprehensive. So thank you again, Council Member Kelman, for all your hard work and, and that of the team. Thank you. If, if I may, uh, uh, Chair Luxembourg, just one response, which is that uh, in the last couple of days, the subcommittee for the task force has been working on the RFP for vulnerability assessment consultant. Um, it, we really want to do a robust effort here. Uh, we were thinking that the review would go through uh, Director Phipps, would go to our city attorney, our city manager, um, but it probably makes sense to also have it go through planning commission if you all are willing or, or interested uh, with the goal of getting it on the last meeting in April. So um, I can share those timelines with you um, after the meeting. Uh, that would be very helpful. That'd be great. Uh, any additional questions or comments, uh, Commissioner Feller? No, thank you. And my sincere thanks to the task force. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, other questions from commission members? Yeah, uh, the vice chair, Junior. Thank you, um, council member Kelman. Thanks so much for the presentation. Um, I think you might recall when we first met, when I first got on the planning commission, you know, I'm a process guy. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very, very supportive of all the um, substantive efforts here. But for me, it's like, it's, it doesn't really matter unless the process works, if we can get something, things in place quickly and move things along. Um, I, if I had, I had a really specific question, I, you know, to, to um, Commissioner um, Fowler's point, we've had a number of these projects that had definitely had sea level rise issues in like the last year or so. And I, I feel that we, you know, it was like pulling teeth trying to figure out what, what we were supposed to be doing at that moment. So we definitely need this, you know, uh, stuff to come together as quickly as possible. Um, thank you for providing these materials. So the project information request sheet, this is, I think this is relatively new. And I'm hoping that as kind of a temporary stopgap measure, when there's an issue that comes to the commission, or at least the um, the planning department, when they get sea level rise projects, they're, you know, the project sponsor is going to get this. They're going to work with you, your task force with the sea level rise task force. Well, they should, right? <laughs> well, so the thing about a task force is not a Brown Act committee. And so it's intended to be limited in duration. So one of the things we did a couple weeks ago <clears throat> is have a download with Director Phipps about transitioning that work to 
the professionals um, and away from a volunteer organization to better standardize the process. Uh, and like you said, give a, a very clear outlook. And so I think when the new director for resilience and sustainability joins, I would imagine, I'll let Director Phipps address that, that she would be the, the point person on that, utilizing this type of information request that comes from the Ocean Protection Council. Where we, I, I think um, the task force members did a phenomenal, like, outrageously incredible job, uh, and they're ready to hand it off to the staff. <laughs> so, trust me, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, but But this is the... This is where we are right now. Right, this, that's what this, was used for Varda. And, this is yeah. going to be handed off to the staff with the the, the new director coming out. Okay, that's got right. it. Understand. Um, extremely helpful. Um, I, I mean, I think this is exactly the kind of thing that the planning commission should be um, doing and working on. You know, in the in the months and, and years ahead. Um, you know, I, I'm. It's a little discouraging that all the landslide work that was done didn't res, you know result in an ordinance or some real rules. I think the you know the goal here needs to be some type of clear guidance, clear rules, whether it's zoning, whether it's, um, you know, uh, overlays, you know, you name it. But it's so frustrating when projects come to us and, you know, nobody seems to know the rules, right? And, and it's an evolving process. We totally get that. But boy, the faster we can get to the finish line here with some structured direction so that we, you know, it's kind of like the building code, right? At some point, it's going to be, this is what you got to do. You know, if you're, if, you're in a, if you're in one of these zones and you're affected by sea level rise, here are the rules you know, figure it out engineering wise to, and come to us with a with a clean bill of health so that we, you know, we planning commissioners who are, you know, planners, not or in the planning world, not so much in the technical sea level rise world can just say, thank you. <laughs> You've done your job. Staff has done their job and we can clear the project without, you know, hours of debate and questions about how this works, because as fascinating as it is, that isn't that productive at a planning commission meeting when we're just kind of flailing. Um, so anyway, my, I guess the, the general thrust of my comment is thank you so much. <laughs> Let's get this moving as quickly as possible. And I think the planning commission, you know, can be a, a, a very a positive force for organizing this and moving it forward. That's, so that's thank great. You. Thank you, Vice Chair And I, I would also pick up on your comment. Um, I think it'd be really helpful to think about what do you want a coastal overlay zone? How are you going to articulate when a project requires heightened review? Because oftentimes you'll hear, I'm on bedrock. I am not going to sink. Okay, well, all of your ingress and egress will be flooded uh, and your key infrastructure points. So how are we going to evaluate that, to Commissioner Feller's point, from a holistic fashion? And how do we make sure that we're servicing uh, that for our community? And don't forget, there is emerging groundwater issues. Uh, San Francisco Estuary Institute put out a really interesting interactive map that showed that much of the marine ship actually has groundwater coming up, bubbling up, as you can see. Uh, and there's also uh, groundwater contamination as a precursor. There's groundwater upswells as a precursor to above ground flooding. A lot of research from Dr. Christina Hill out of UC Berkeley. Um, we know all of this. We can take action. So I'm, I fully support. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, Commissioner Sun. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Council Member Kelman. Um, thank you for your presentation and all the work. I had two questions and I'm wondering, um, in terms of an overlay, I think it's really interesting and it makes a lot of sense, but do we have to get BCDC involved in anything if we were to get, try to put some type of jurisdiction down at the coastline? Do you know? Uh, I think the answer would be no. And the reason is because they're the Bay Conservation Development Commission. They regulate fill in the Bay. Um, if this is about uh, uh, onshore, Regulation, that's not their jurisdiction. That's the city's jurisdiction. Okay, great. And then um, I don't know if this is a stretch, but my first, the first place my, my head went when I heard about that overlay 
was the arena and the housing mm -hmm. element. Um, just going through all that exercise with those 20, 724 units, of course, you were you were on the housing element with us. Um, some of our opportunity sites are in vulnerable areas. Do you know if we were to put some type of overlay, would, would there be any conflict with how those opportunity sites were to play out you know, legally with with the intent of what the arena is trying to achieve? So um, this is not legal advice. Uh, I, and I don't know specifically, but I will say this. Uh, in the Plan Bay Area 2050 EIR, which is something that BCDC contributed to, it was a transportation region-wide planning environmental impact report. They did call out the risk of flooding, sea level rise as an impediment to transportation, housing, and other needs for the Bay Area. However, uh, HCD didn't seem to read that document, and so uh, it wasn't part of the housing element process. Um, I, I would think that you could develop an overlay that is, is directive to applicants for how to build in an area um, in a safe manner above freeboard with ingress-egress infrastructure points, uh, not necessarily to say no building whatsoever. And so in that respect, I don't know that it's a conflict, um, but you all might decide that there are some areas that have this confluence of factors, whether it's emerging groundwater plus sea level rise plus subsidence that make it unbuildable. I would leave it to you all to, to dig deeper into that. And you can use that interactive map. It has a lot of that information. So it doesn't have to, um, but you may decide there are some areas that are just really dangerous. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting discussion. Who, who knew what happens in San Jose can affect up in Sonoma that I, I I would not have guessed. So I think the community outreach part of what you're trying to hit is really important. I think the more we start educating the community, um, even people who are in it, you know, we don't we don't know those facts. So I think it would be great and I'd love to help you with any way I can. Um, but thank you. Thank you very much for all the work of the presentation. Oh, thank you. And I'll just I'll thank you for your work on the uh, housing element advisory committee as well and for bringing that insight. Uh, I'll just say that part of the RFP that we're drafting envisions a completion of the vulnerability assessment and then a community-wide engagement strategy that uses a design competition. So bring in uh, engineering consultants that can address our top three most vulnerable areas, present them to the community in terms of what's vulnerable and how they might be addressed and let the community see, okay, this is how you move forward in a comprehensive, resilient fashion. But I'll, I'll definitely call you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Commissioner Graff, uh, any questions? Okay. Uh, I want to thank you for coming today. Uh, we are open to this April meeting, uh, so please uh, uh, plan for that if you can. I want to second the idea of an overlay district because it would be helpful that we know it's going to apply and what the process is, whether it's staff or whatever. This is how you apply, and that could happen before we start to see a project and then it gets sent back and forth. So that would be very, very helpful. Um, with that, uh, Commissioner, uh, I mean, Director Phipps, if you could ask for any public comment on this item on the agenda. Thank you, Chair. If I may, could I ask a question before we go to public uh, comment? Yes, feel, feel free. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Council member, thanks for your presentation and thank you again for joining us this evening. Um, wanted to ask a bit of a strategic question. What design concepts uh, might be proposed in the Marin ship in response to sea level rise that represent relatively new concepts to what is currently in the Marin ship, um, but are important elements for new design proposals in the Marin ship to increase um, sea level rise resiliency? 
you know, just kind of putting it out there. And, and if, if you're not able to answer at this moment, that's, that's fine. But are there some design concepts that we might want to keep in mind um, that commissioners can have in mind when they do review projects in the Marin ship, um, understanding that some new design concepts may be coming before them um, that might not be in line with what is currently in the district, but represent necessary elements for uh, moving the district's future vision forward. Great, uh, great question. Thank you, Director Phipps. Um, I think 265 Gate 5 is a really great example. Um, they want to float that construction. They know that it's going to flood. And so they're making it uh, possible to adjust to that. I mean, I don't know what else you do in an area that you see five, six feet of flooding coming and probably is going to flood from king tides and storm surges anyway. So I think you start to see things like that. I think you start to take a more holistic planning uh, perspective and think about sediment diversion, water diversion, um, in some of these uh, Dutch communities, what they'll do is they'll take a secondary artery and they'll uh, flood them so that the main arterial uh, pathway can remain open to traffic. You know, so are there roadways or other public infrastructure that we can leverage to clear out flooding uh, as well? Um, and, and of course, we always buy floating homes. That's a BCDC uh, um, up against a, a little bit of a headache because we keep trying and they're not ready for that yet. But we're, we're optimistic that we'll, we'll get there uh, ultimately. So things that float... Um, Things that are, are responsive, I, there's a universal sonar mount built themselves a moat. If you've ever gone down there, uh, they actually built a, they put up the moat so it doesn't flood their machine shop. Uh, things like that are, are simple as well. There's some standardized processes about, uh, around freeboard. Three feet is sort of standard under FEMA. Five feet, six feet, what, what do you do to facilitate some of that ebb and flow of the, of the tide? Uh, thank you, Director Phipps, at this point. Uh, public comment, if you could. Sorry, I'm sorry. Can I make one more comment? Actually, sorry, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, earthen berms, uh, you know, nature-based solutions, things that absorb tidal flow, uh, species that are able to actually take in some of that inundation. A lot of opportunities are seeing that there's an architecture firm out of the East Coast uh, called SCAPE. Um, Professor Kate Orff teaches at Columbia. Uh, they did a really beautiful some graduate students came uh, to me and they did a really beautiful sea level rise story map uh, for Sausalito that I can share with you all that shows some of those strategies. So if you remind me, I'll, I'll get that to you. So sorry to interrupt. Not a problem. Thank you. Uh, Thanks very much, Council Member Kelman. Once again, looking for raised hands in the audience. Seeing none. Uh, looking for raised hands in the Zoom application. Seeing none. Chair, we, we should be good to go. Thank you very much, Director Phipps. Uh, at this point, we want to move on to new business. At this, uh, this point in the agenda, I want to ask any commissioners if they have any ex parte uh, communications they need to disclose. Uh, Commissioner Saad. Nothing to declare. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Nothing to declare. Uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Nothing to declare. Uh, um, <laughs> Commissioner Graff. Nothing to declare. Uh, I also have nothing to declare. I did meet with Emily. I did meet Emily Franks, uh, who's the owner of 99 Cloudview, when I visited the site, but there were no ex parte communications. Uh, with that, uh, we will uh, have uh, item seven, which is 99 Cloudview Road. Uh, Director Phipps, if you could explain the process for public hearing. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, for attendees interested in understanding our typical public hearing process, we'll start with a staff presentation followed by Planning Commission questions of staff. Applicant will provide a presentation followed by Planning Commission questions from uh, of the applicant. 
Then we'll have a public comment period, three minutes per speaker. There will be an applicant rebuttal time section with their reserve, if applicable, um, and if there is reserve. Finally, there will be a planning commission discussion, deliberation, and ultimate decision. Back to you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. With that, uh, Ms. Gonzalez, if you could do your presentation. Um, good evening. Let me um, share my screen. I am presenting a project for 99 Cloudview Road, um, the Franks residence. The applicant is Nora Frey with Frey Design. The property owners are Emily and Ian Franks. The project record is 2022-00227. The request is for a design review permit with hiding review. The proposal consists of um, a two-story 1,620 square foot addition, um, two decks at the rear of the property. One is 88 square feet and the other is 110 square feet. It also proposes to convert the existing three-story, um, three-car garage and crawl space into livable space and add a two-car garage at the front of the property off of Cloudview Road. Um, it also proposes to add gable uh, roof dormers, composition shingle roof, um, new window and door trim, as well as a new garage door and a new front door. Um, it will also include a new sewer ejection system and a new electrical system. And the existing um, solarium, exterior, stairway, and um, pedestrian gate will be removed. These are some of the materials that they're proposing to use for the composition shingle, um, the metal roof, the trim, as well as the siding, and the exterior light. The project meets all the requirements for the zoning. Um, it is compliant with the maximum roof. Um, they are proposing to raise the roof line by 21 inches, um, but it will still be compliant with what's allowed. That zoning allows for a 32 foot um, maximum height, and they are proposing to bring it to 25 feet, six inches. Um, the building coverage for floor area ratio and impervious surface is also uh, met. However, since they're um, the request um, is over the 80% allowable for building coverage and the floor area ratio. It requires um, height and review, and we've made the findings for that and submitted them. They currently have a three parking garage, and they're proposing um, to add a new two car garage, which still complies with what's required. And they're also proposing a parallel um, parking space at the driveway. And this is with, um, within their parcel and it wouldn't affect um, the city's public right away. Um, there is a mature um, Monterey Cypress at the front of the property. It is um, designated as an undesirable tree by on the Sausalito Municipal Code. However, the uh, property owners are proposing to um, preserve the longevity of all of the trees on site and they will only be performing some trimming on that um, tree and um, like I stated they're 
they provided a tree protection plan that um, will include protection for every single tree that's currently on the site. Staff reviewed on um, the historic performed historic analysis for this property and deemed that the um, site is not of historic significance because um, there it is not of um, there is no information that supports that it has contributed to California's history or cultural heritage. Um, it is not associated with the lives of persons of importance. The property has only, the residence has only had two property owners. Um, the previous property owners were not um, people of importance um, historically, um, and neither are the current property owners. Um, the style of the structure does not embody a distinctive um, characteristic and it does not, um, it has not yielded any information or is not expected to yield any information that would be important for prehistory or history. The project is exempt from California um, Environmental Quality Act, uh, subject to section 15301 and section 15303. Um, staff has provided findings for the design review and the item review for this project. And staff recommends that the Planning Commission um, adopt a resolution to approve the design review permit with Hyden review for the project as proposed, subject to conditions of approval. Um, alternatively, the Planning Commission may continue the hearing for additional information and or project revisions or direct staff to prepare a resolution for denial um, stating the specific reasons any one or more of the findings cannot um, be made. Um, that concludes my presentation. I do want to note that we received a comment from the neighbor at 94, um, Claudia. She, her main concerns were regarding the Monterey Cypress, which is located at the front of the property. She wanted to know how it would be um, preserved. And the applicant has provided um, a depiction of the canopy for the tree. And I would like to show that to you. Um, give me just a second, please. So this is the current coverage of the canopy for that cypress tree, uh, Monterey cypress. They are proposing to trim it. We're not, uh, Ms. Gonzalez, we're not seeing the, the drawing. We're just seeing your staff. Oh, okay, give me just a second. Are you able to see my screen now? Yes. Yes. Okay. That is the existing um, canopy for this tree. They're proposing to trim it, um, and it would look something like this. It would be um, reduced. Um, since, like I said previously, it's deemed an undesirable tree. Um, therefore, a permit wouldn't be required for this tree. But because the uh, property owners want to preserve the mature landscaping, they're taking these measures and providing the tree protection plan along with this um, diagram to show you what they intend to do. Um, in an effort to also address the previous comment regarding provided by the um, property owner at 94 Cloudview, which she had concerns um, regarding the light that would be placed at the new garage. She says that the current existing lighting 
glares into her property. So she was a bit concerned with that. Um, the applicant has proposed, has submitted a new proposed lighting for that. And I will show that to you as well. Give me just a second. I apologize, it doesn't want to connect. Okay. So this is a new proposed um, garage lighting. It will be facing downwards um, to minimize any potential glare um, onto that neighbor's property. That concludes my presentation. Um, I'm open for questions and uh, um, applicant Nora Frey, I believe um, she is there at the chambers with you. Uh, thank you, Ms. Gonzalez. Can you go back to that uh, before we ask for questions to the commission? Go back to the drawing you just showed with the canopy of the tree. I'm a little confused about what uh, that is. That the current canopy, and and you said they're going to trim it, or was that what it will be like when it's trimmed? They are proposing to trim it. Um, I can show. Do you want to see the existing one or the new app? The new one after it's trimmed. I guess the drawing you showed, was that after it was trimmed? Or? I showed two, yes. One um, currently and one how it will look after it's trimmed. Can you just show both of those so we can see those? Um, yes. As Ms. Gonzalez loads it up, it, it seems to be the intent of applicant to trim the tree line in line with the new proposed um, footprint. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> so, so th this is the current, uh, Ms. Gonzalez, is this the current uh, canopy? This would be the new one. This would be the new one? Yes. It has been trimmed. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to have you come up in a second because uh, uh, Commissioner Feller can't hear from the audience. But uh, uh, the purple is not, uh, uh, Ms. Gonzalez, the purple is what it would be, what it's been trimmed to because the purple's not, is it not even? Just let them. Yeah. That's not correct. Okay. We'll, we'll let you uh, either in your presentation or after, as we ask questions, we'll ask that. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. Uh, with that, I will open it up to questions from from the commission. And I'll look. I'll look for raised hands. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Yeah. Um, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, I'm not sure I heard this right, uh, Magda. But did you say there the existing garage was a three-car garage? Correct. And they're gonna, they're proposing a two-car garage, and then you mentioned uh, a third parking space. Is that 
uh, an existing parking space or would this create a new parking space? I'm not, I'm not quite sure about uh, your explanation of the parking. Yeah, the parking space will be located on the driveway. They are proposing to, um, yeah, for the driveway to also serve as a third parking space. I see. Okay. Um, thank okay. you. Can I just ask a question in that regard, Commissioner Griffith? You sure. you said you said it was parallel, so they're they're not they're proposing putting it per, uh, parallel, meaning a parallel space to the street or perpendicular to the street. Parallel on the street. Well, it won't be on the street, but face parallel to the street. So block blocking both both garage spaces. Yes. I see. Okay. Thank you. Uh, any further questions, Commissioner Griffith? Um, um, no. Uh, no thank you, you, Commissioner Graff. Other commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Fowler. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Magda. Can you just quickly point out to me where the standing seam metal roof is versus the composite shingle roof is? I, w I didn't follow that. Um, yeah, give me just a second, please. And as, as you're pulling that up, is it also the blue color that, or what is perceived to be a blue color? Yes, I'm gonna use the same um, image that I have um, regarding the canopy. Um, as you can see on top, there's a portion that shows the metal roof. And then um, in the middle, there's the composition shingle roof. And so there's a roof at the um, entrance of the um, house as well. So I, I I can't see your cursor. So maybe where is the metal roof? If you can just point out where the metal roof is. At the top corner of the canopy, of the tree canopy, those um, blue lines, that's the metal roof. And they're also extend on the uh, rear of the house on the southwest portion of the house. That's also a metal roof. I mean, I, I, we can certainly ask the applicant, but since you've, you're the planner of this and you've made a recommendation for approval here, I'm sure you've likely asked the question, why the change in material? I'm just curious why the change in material here and why the blue versus a very dark um, composite shingle. They wanted to make something lighter. Um, most of the colors are softer than what is what's on there now. The orange color that's there is pretty strong. So they wanted to do something lighter and that um, combines with the rest of the homes at the, on the neighborhood. So is the whole, as they build this new, you know, the new part of this house, are they gonna repaint the whole house the same color? Yes. The orange. No, not the orange. The orange is what's currently on there. They're going to, yeah. yeah, they're going to replace all that. Yes, they're going to paint it. All right. And then can you just walk us through, um, you know, th there's a, you know, a lot of change here on, on the site. I mean, I'm excited about the project, but it was very unclear about the landscape. And as you know, I sent an email ahead of time about landscape, not being able to find a landscape plan. So the narrative did not really match what was being shown on the drawing. So I, I'm just wanna make sure I understand what the landscape plan is here. 
and if there's site, site lighting incorporated in that landscape? Um, so the landscape was, the plan was to um, retain all the landscape that they currently had with the exception of um, adding a drought tolerant lawn on the southwest portion of it. There's um rig patio there, so they're gonna pull that and add a drought tolerant. And they're gonna add a, some planters on top of the deck, the proposed deck as well. Um, and then just some um, at the pathway at the front of the entrance. Okay. But everything right. else they, they're proposing to retain. Okay. Uh, I, I'll leave any other questions for the applicant. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Fellow. Any other questions from uh, panel here? Uh, with that, I'll have the applicant. One, one no, quick, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, Commissioner. Um, thank you. I just had one point of clarification, and I'm assuming it's just a typo, but in the page two, Magda, of the staff report, um, it said that the application was filed February 16th, 2023. Is that supposed to be 2022? Everything else follows. January 2023 seems slightly out of order. No, it was um 2023. Okay. Um, okay, and then let me ask you one quick question about the Southern Marin um, Fire District um, attachment. I just want to make sure I'm understanding it, and I can also ask the applicant. I just had it. It's under water supply on, on page three. Um, is there a requirement there to upgrade um, the existing fire hydrant? Are you aware? Any fire hydrant installation or existing fire hydrant upgrade shall be required is, is how it's reading. Is that for the, the applicant? Is that a condition for the applicant? Yes, that is. Okay, great. Thank you. I just want to clarify that. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. Um, just, uh, I do have one quick question, Ms. Gonzalez. The um, uh, Geotech the report was very thorough. Uh, is, is there a condition that we can add uh, to the thing, that, uh, to the uh, order, uh, the proposed conditions uh, approving, uh, requiring the recommendations of the Geotech because I thought they were very well well done yeah we can add that as a condition of approval okay thank you uh with that i'm going to have the applicant come up and um miss franks who's presenting are you presenting or is your architect presenting you both are both come up to the podium so the uh commissioner that's on zoom can hear as well you'll have 15 minutes to do your presentation uh, feel free to save some of that time because we'll have a public comment period and whatever time you saved, you can have a rebuttal at that point in time. Um, hi, and thank you all. <laughs> um, I'll be as quick as I can, I suppose, here. Um, first of all, this is not our first home in Sausalito. We own the house next door to it at 105 Cloudview Road. So we lived there for 11 years. When we bought that house, we did four and a half years of construction and improved that house from buying it for approximately a million for selling it for approximately four million. So we've done this before and it went really well. And we were planning on staying in that house until this opportunity came up and we thought, well, 
we don't mind moving one house over. So, and in fact, when we made the offer on 99, we were the lowest bid, but they went with us because we weren't going to flip the house. We were going to stay there and we know the neighborhood and they liked us and they wanted us to continue this. So it was a family that had been there for since the fifties. So I think that shows, you know, we're a nice little addition to the neighborhood. Um, in fact, you know, my husband and my kids, proud members of our community, kids went to Sparrow Creek and Willow Creek for many years, and we love it here in Sausalito, and that's why we're staying. Um, one of the reasons we bought it was it's got a lot more yard, which is wonderful. Both of our kids are very involved in sports, and they'd love to kick a ball around with a little more space. Um, rugby and soccer and all of that. Um, also, my my parents are aging, and it would be a nice place for my dad to come and stay with us and possibly my stepdad one day as they continue on. Um, we did speak to all the neighbors in November before we even brought the plans to the city to say, here's what we're proposing. In fact, before we did our due diligence, before we even bought it and made it a, an appointment with a city planner, and I had Nora drop some very rough sketches of what we were thinking to do because we didn't want to have a big ordeal here. We were trying to do what we wanted, but keep it within reason for everything. And when we spoke to the planner, he said, you know, I can't obviously approve this, but it looks relatively reasonable. And we've stuck to that, what we were doing. Um, we did go around to everyone in the neighborhood that might be affected by what we were doing by raising the roof a little and extending it a bit. And pretty much everyone was positive and encouraging and happy that we were doing what we were doing. Um, and addressed anybody's concerns so we could move forward with this. Um, what else? Since we put the story polls up this last couple of weeks, um, a lot of people in the neighborhood have walked by and said, you know, we love what you're doing. Thanks for improving on the neighborhood. We're looking forward to not seeing this big red house. <laughs> so we're happy, we're excited, and uh, we just want to get it done as soon as possible so we can move in and get on with our lives. I'll let you take it from here. Okay. I'm Nora Fry. I'm the architect. Um, I'd like just to say, start with it. We think it's a pretty straightforward and modest project. We're not asking to remove any trees. We're not asking for a variance. It complies with all the zoning requirements. The goal um, was to provide a remodeled and expanded house for the family's need, but also to not have a negative impact on any neighbors. That's why we didn't suggest um, adding another story to the house. We're only gonna suggest going up 21 inches. And we did use the existing chimney as a reference point when Emily and Ian met with all their neighbors. Um, most of the addition, like Magda said, occurs on the lower level. Um, and there is an addition in the front yard, but it's only one story. Um, I think that the height is well below and the setbacks are very generous. Just on the rear side, the 73.75 from the back of the house and then the tank house is 40 feet wide. So it's almost 114 feet before you get to the property line at 10 Channing. On the east side, there's a 16 foot wide access road to the tank property that's never gonna be developed. It's 24 foot, six inches house from 99 to 95. And then the garage of 95 is 
29 feet five or 28 feet five down the hill. And then the house is further, it's 46 foot four inches. So there's a lot of separation, both horizontally and vertically because it's downhill. On the west at 107, um, that 99 is not parallel to the property line. So it ranges between 24, six and 30 feet nine house to house. Um, we are keeping all the mid mature landscaping um, for privacy. We only are proposing one window on that side on the upper floor. Um, there's no window in the dining room. That window is at a kitchen sink, so it's not going to be, it's not a living space there. Um, we are going to have plantings on the west side of the deck for privacy. Um, and then across the street at 102, a garage to garage is almost um, 42 feet, house to house 74 feet when you take into consideration the setback and then the width of the road and parking on both sides and where their house is located. So I think the setbacks are very generous. Um, like Emily said, I haven't heard of any issues about um, problems with the house. That's why we submitted how what we um, had reviewed earlier with the neighbors. Um, I got an email from Magda at two o'clock this afternoon from um, she forwarded from the 94, the neighbor at 94 with the concerns of the tree. Um, we have a very robust arborist uh, tree protection plan. We've had two arborists there. We've got one arborist. I actually emailed him the other day just to make sure if I need to cut a limb, is it okay? He said yes. Um, they've reviewed the plans. They've seen the story polls. They're confident that the trees are not going to have any issues. There, there's 13 protective measures. There's four inspections. They inspect before we have equipment on the site. They inspect right after the protection goes up. They inspect while we're excavating and they can inspect at the end. So um, I have confidence in him. The tree's been there for 60 years. It's weathered all sorts of storms. A few months ago, um, after Emily and Ian met with the neighbors and they were concerned about their views and um, I believe they asked if you could um, trim the tree and give them more light and views, which they did. The tree's canopy is even smaller now and any um, branch that was weak at all has been removed. And these past two really brutal um, and very high wind events, there wasn't a single limb that dropped there. So I think that tree should be fine. Um, I already addressed the setbacks. I have some pictures I can show you about the garages, all the garages on uh, the west side of 99 going up the hill are very close to the um, to cloud view. There's five or six of them, all every single one from 107, 19, 115, 119, 125. Across the street, there's 102, 94, and then I believe 106 all have garages right near the street. So what we're proposing is is not anything different than any neighbor has been enjoying for the last 50 years. Um, and then the issue about the light, they showed the light, all the lights are gonna be dark sky compliant. There was a, a, a photo of the existing light that Emily had no idea was on at night. If she would have been notified, I'm sure she would have turned it off, but they just moved into the house and you didn't know it was existing. So um, I think the, the main, my main, in summary, I just wanna say this thoughtfully, carefully designed, with not only the, the clients, but the neighbors in mind, 
It's going to be a beautiful house. It's going to be an improvement to the neighborhood. It's going to be well-built, high-quality materials. I do want to address, um, clarify the material issue there. Um, Magda, I don't know if you can show the the um, A2.0 um, plan or share your screen on some of the elevations. The metal roofing is not blue. It's gunmetal gray. It's listed in the drawings and in the color material palette. It's a very subdued palette. It's very neutral and natural um, material uh, materials and colors. Um, so the striped section at the back, that's the metal roof. And in the, the stripe, those are the standing seams. That's why they're vertical stripes. And in the front, in between the two gables, that's the only place that we're having that. The reasoning is because it's low slope. You can only have, for comp shingle, you have to be three to 12, three vertical to 12 horizontal. So the, the metal roof can go down to as much as a half inch. That's why we're doing that. Um, and then the canopy, it was, it was my response to the comment from the neighbor about we were gonna be um, compromising the canopy of the tree more than half of the tree, the house was under the canopy. So I did a very quick analysis and it's less than, it's 20%. And that was based on the survey that we had done months ago. And since then the canopy has been reduced because of the trimming. So I don't think it's an issue at all of concern. Um, and then there was another clarification I wanted to make about the um, timing of our submittals. I believe um, I submitted first December 5th. There was um, in the file, there should be a, my original letter to the planner commissioners and the planner was dated, I believe November 19th. So I think it was uh, my feedback from the planning department about uh, other things they wanted to see on the drawings and then me resubmitting that, that was giving a date in January, February. So I'll save whatever time left for questions or comments. Uh, thank you very much. You've got 4.14 left uh, when uh, after getting questions from the commissioners. Uh, with that, I will look for raised hands from the commissioners if they have questions to the applicant. Uh, uh, Commissioner Graff. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at the drawings and um, uh, looking at the west elevation, A3.2, and, and, and also at the roof plan. Um, I was having a hard time looking at the drawings, visualizing how the new roof articulates with the old roof and uh, it, it just was not clear that I, I couldn't figure out the geometry there. And I uh, thought it would be nice to clarify that uh, uh, so that I understood it better. Where the, yeah, where the roof kind of laps over uh, the other roof and can't see it at this scale over on the left-hand side. Yeah, there. Yeah, right. Yeah, there. What's happening there? It looks like there's a little gap in there. It's just hard to understand how those two forms uh, are coming together. Yeah, it's just it's probably um, easier to see from the A two point zero. It's the it's the gable gets cut back 
So, um, uh, so you can see. So the the gable, can I point or something? Or you can walk up okay, there. Okay. Yeah, there we go. A bit of fence also. And I'm happy to take direction in terms of where you'd like me to zoom in. So they are connected somehow. Yeah. It, yeah. it just wasn't clear from the drawing and and I was just mystified uh, by that. But I, uh, I'm going to trust that uh, you know what you're doing there. <laughs> All of it. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that. <clears throat> um, and uh, tell me a little bit more about the, the lawn that you're proposing. Uh, artificial turf, probably. Well, or oh, I see. So it's not a drought tolerant lawn. It's a artificial lawn. Well, yes, no. I was saying drought tolerant if you wanted to do. I was trying to um, remove the brick patio so that we remove not the that. hardscape. And I, you know, I think I think probably the drought tolerant is better because it it you know recharges better. the aquifer but okay. and we also yeah, have ex existing grass okay um all right and uh maybe on the on the uh, site plan you could uh point out a little bit a little more clearly where the uh, where you're proposing this uh, parallel parking. Okay. Um, Do you want to put it up? I, I think I can. I don't have a drawing in front of me, so I. Is this dimension? Uh, yeah. See this dashed line? That's the parking. Oh, okay. So one would have to parallel park there. Like. You would at a. Uh huh. Uh huh. How about so? If you're driving into that parking spot, where how do you do it? Just show me on the plan how you. Drive in. How oh, I would drive in? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that's all the questions I have right now. Thank you. Maddie, can you leave, the, leave, leave that up just for now? Because I think we'll keep going back to it. Uh, Commissioner Fellow, I'll call you on you in a second. Uh, realistically, I just want to ask a question to follow on since we just talked about this parking space. Realistically, it, it, would somebody more likely park 
in the in the street is there enough clearance uh where you would park against where that walkway is and you wouldn't park all the way to the garage if you parked a car there does it block the street at all no it wouldn't and you were there the other day did you see yeah. the two cars that were parked parallel to each other in that spot there kind of at the front yes so that's right where the garage is going to be okay so i'm sure we could were those were those spaces on your property or in the yes. right away those were on the property okay yes. i see okay uh, thank you. Uh, other uh, uh, Commissioner Feller, I think you had your hand up. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, this is directed to you and, and uh, Director Phipps, actually. Um, when the applicant's architect, Ms. Frey, is up at the screen, uh, you're not picking up her comments on the public record. I uh, just wanted to point that out. So if somebody wanted to summarize that for the public record, if anyone had to ever reference this, uh, it it would be, uh, we'd be unable to do so. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'll let the architect just do a quick summary of what you just did on the, uh, uh, at the screen it wasn't much, but uh, okay. I was just pointing out the location of the third parking spot that's parallel at the front of the garage. Okay, and you were also talking about a roof line with Commissioner Graff. If you could just repeat that uh, just for the purpose of the public record only. It's the roof line. Um, the question was about the roof line of the garage. And I was um, pointing to the west, the southwest portion that's going to be basically cut back. So the um, two gables, when you're looking at the front of the house, are equal. And then as you're going along at the back of that, it just gets cut back. Perfect. Thank you for stating that for the record. I appreciate it. Uh, Chair, no no qu further questions for me. Thank you. And also, Ed, you, you mentioned that the entire roof is brand new. Uh, so The entire roof is brand new, yes. Record. Uh, other questions of commissioners? No. Uh, with that, uh, we'll open it up. I'll turn it over to Director Phipps to open it up for public comment. Looking for uh, any raised hands in the audience this evening. Seeing one. Come on down. Uh, if yeah. you can come to the podium. Come on down to the um, to the presentation dais over here. You have three minutes, and we will let you know when your time elapses. And please um, state your name and your place of residence for the record. Vivian Wall at 94 Cloud View. I wrote the letter. I don't know. Did you get copies of the letter with the pictures? Uh, we all received copies earlier this afternoon. Okay, great. Thank you. So let me just say I know Emily and she did come by to uh, discuss the, the plan for expanding the house. I think it grew a little bit from when we first had that discussion. I mean, the garage grew in height to the, I don't know how tall it is, 25 feet tall or something, as, as did the addition on the left-hand side. But I assume that is within their purview to do that. Um, I did write about the trees because we've had so many trees come down in Sausalito recently. And this tree, if you can, you know, look at the picture that I enclosed, I don't know, it must be a 100-foot tree. It is 60 years old. And if this tree were to have its roots affected by a foundation that goes down two and a half feet, 
Um, I just hope the 60-year-old tree survives that because if it comes down, it can come down on my house, can come down on the house next to me where the little 98-year-old lady lives. So, you know, like I wrote in my letter, I don't pro profess to be a tree expert, um, but we are creating a two-and-a-half-foot deep foundation under some portion, and I didn't measure it. It looked... If you look at the picture, it looks like a, you know, with the story pulls up, it looks like a pretty um, big area of the surface of the root structure would be affected by that. But I'm not a tree expert. I'm going to leave that in the hands of tree experts. And I, I will say that, you know, those of us who live on Cloudview really value our cypress trees. The city may not view them as protected and Calls, may call them undesirable, but they are very much a signature element of our street and our neighborhood if you've been up there. So, you know, my intention is certainly not for um, that tree to, to, you know, come down in the process of, of building the structure. Anyway, thank you very much. That's all that I have, and I appreciate the concern for the light. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, welcome. Please say your name and your address for the record. I'm Lisa Koblenz and I live at one of my husband and I live at 107. So right next door. And the, uh, there are some new windows that are going to be going up on the side that faces us, which we're fine with. The only thing we just want to be sure that the, the planters that they've mentioned, which would be on that deck facing towards our house, are going to actually be there and they're going to block the view because we don't want to see into their deck and what's going on there and we don't want them to see into ours which has been the case until now so we just want to be absolutely sure that that will be respected the way it is in the plan it will happen and that we will have no concerns about our privacy thank you Looking for additional hands in the audience, seeing none. Looking to the Zoom application for raised hands, seeing none. Thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, at this point, you've got four minutes to respond uh, prior to starting the clock on that, four odd, four fourteen or whatever, prior to starting the clock on that. Magda, can you bring back that site plan uh, that shows the tree? Can you just, the one, the one with the purple on it? Um, yeah, I'll bring it back, Chair. Okay. Um, um, Oh, oh, the one with the purple, I believe Magda will have to show you that one. Excuse me. Okay. Um, I just, uh, you, you said the tree's been trimmed. I just want to understand whether, what, how does it go, uh, is it now trimmed back so it won't go over the existing, the proposed additions, or it's still over? I just want to understand how that drawing, because uh, I wasn't sure what was, what was current uh, as a, the bit, the bigger black line around there, the big oval, was what it used to be. Yes, and so that's massive. Right <laughs> now, 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 what is it? I guess it's my. It's smaller. It's significantly smaller, and we actually took quite a few limbs completely off that were near the house. And I, I took some pictures of it before we came down today, but they're on my phone, so unfortunately, I can't put them up here. That's okay. I just uh, the question I have is: Is it now no longer? 
going over the addition on the left or going over the garage, or it will go slightly over that, or just some general idea. I don't need an exact. I think it's going to go slightly over, but not nearly as much as this. But the other thing to um, know is the tree is 94 feet tall. It, it It's limbed up, so there it's not going to be near. Uh, you know, the fire department's going to require clearances as well. So, um, and the Franks don't want to have any issues either with a tree falling on their house. So um, the arborist that we talked to, and I've, I've been um, working on projects for about 25 years, and I've had these situations before, and it's really true that you meet with arborists and the structural engineer when you're um, forming the foundation. If there's anything, they know they call right away, and you modify your foundation. And the other thing I'd like to point out is that you're only having a foundation underneath the wall. For example, the garage is a slab on grade that's not going down on any roots. So um, one other thing um, I wanted to mention about this tree is the new electrical service is gonna be underground. So it's not gonna be an issue for the wires on the Franks. Okay, thank you for that. And you've got four minutes and 14 seconds if Just you wanna to respond to anything you've heard this evening. Well, the tree is not over the garage. It is slightly over the house Okay. Um, where we're putting in the addition, but it's up quite high. And if we need to take out another limb or two, that's not a problem. Okay. Thank you. And I realize, uh, I think we all realize it's much higher than what you're proposing. The tree goes up significantly above, yeah. above you know, the new elevations of the house, new, new elevations of the roof uh, with with that, do you have any other comments based yeah. on anything you've heard? You have three minutes, 42 seconds now. Do you want to go? There's only one uh, additional window that's actually being put on the west side of the house. Uh, everywhere else, there is existing windows that are being replaced. Um, so, and the one that's going to be is quite further down from where they live. It's at the end of the house. I don't know how else to describe it, further south. Um, and as far as putting planters up, that's never been a problem that's actually in the drawings. That's what we have full intention to do as well. Yeah, I would just like to say that Emily, uh, they've lived at 105, which shares the driveway with 107 for 10 years. And I think 11 years, I think both parties want to maintain their privacy. And I don't see a problem with that. I had a project, oh, probably eight eight or so years ago, it's um, 97 Santa Rosa that was um, approved and we did a very similar thing. We had planters there, it was all set up, it's still there, it was fine and it solved the problem. Okay, uh, other, any other comments or you're done with your presentation? Well, we thank you very much. Uh, at this point, we'll bring it back up to the dais. Um, and I'll entertain uh, comments. Uh, look to start with Commissioner Saad. Thank you, um, Chair Luxemburg. I think um, overall, I'm uh, a proponent of this of this project. I think um, I am able to make the findings. Um, I I think the setbacks are quite generous. Uh, I think I would like to just understand, and I don't know if I think we're at the dais now, so I don't know if I lost my opportunity and maybe you guys can help me in terms of that window that we were just discussing, if that's what's where that is in terms of in relation to one of those setbacks. But I do think all the setbacks are quite generous. So I don't really have tremendous concern there, especially if the planters um, are as shown on the drawings. Um, 
I think we've clarified the parking situation. That was a question. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Um, I don't have any issues with the with the colors. I, I think the overall concept makes sense. I, I'm not sure I saw the tree protection plan necessarily quite clearly. Um, I don't know if I missed that. I think the concept was was written, but I don't know if it was an attachment. So excuse me if I didn't see it. Um, it's that, if it's maybe it's, in the it's right there. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so as long as that's documented and I think from the arborists, um, it's in the plans. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'll leave that in the in the hands of the arborist. I don't think I have concerns around the roots uh, of that cypress as well. So I'm in I'm leaning in favor, open to discussion, um, but would most likely make a, a motion for approval. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, I I can make the findings. Uh, um, I don't have any issues with it at all. Um, so I would second the motion. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, uh, we, I haven't had a formal motion yet, but we'll get to that. Uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, yes, I totally support the project. I can make the findings. Um, I wanted to thank the applicant and uh, their architect, Ms. Frey, for uh, being sensitive to the findings that we actually have to make and addressing them in their design and the presentation, which makes it a lot more streamlined and easy. So this is a great example of, of how to do this right. So I appreciate that. I, I mean, for me, it's really focusing a little bit more on how to, how to potentially condition or in a couple conditions to make sure that this can be successful. So I, I would be interested uh, because of the tree protection plan, which I thought was an excellent plan, well-documented in the drawings. Um, and I appreciated that. I, I wanna make sure that um, we, we get a full demolition done before the new construction because this project or the existing building, I should say, uh, has been under um, you know, an ownership for so long uh, there's always unforeseen conditions that that you know have a high probability of showing up, and so what I don't want to do is sort of be half pregnant with the project, and and to streamline it, I would I would hope that we could complete the demolition before the new construction actually started. That will that will help move this forward very quickly, and of course any design changes, uh, I would want to come back to this commission. Uh, but other than that, I uh, am ready ready to support an approval. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Vice Chair Genius. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. I agree that it's a good project. I think we're going to get to a vote here hopefully pretty quickly. Um, my only comment would be to agree with Ms. Coblins. Um, I'm a huge fan of cypress trees when they're called undesirable. I'm somewhat offended, but that's okay. We're going to save the cypress tree. I think I agree the tree protection plan is a good one. Um, it sounds like uh, you're taking care of the tree. So thank you for trimming the tree and taking care of it. Um, and um, I'm ready to vote. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. I also am very supportive of this project. I think the architect has done uh, lion's share to understand what's in the neighborhood, design a project that makes sense for the neighborhood uh, and said, well done. So uh, I do want, I would like to see a condition regarding the geotech report just because the, that'll protect both the owner and the um and the neighborhood as 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 well as the city so uh um with that i'll be uh looking for a motion uh, uh on this project 
I'll make the motion to approve. Um, I guess I'm going to read out the whole. Do I read out the whole? Pro I've never made a motion. Um, I've always seconded. Director Phipps, do we want us Phipps, to identify the, the entire project? The project number and all that? with conditions. Uh, I don't believe so. I think a summary is fine. Uh, city attorney, uh, if anything is untoward in your opinion, please feel free to jump in. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think a motion to approve the staff recommendation. Um, I think the only thing that um, you may or may not want to address in your motion is I understand there was a comment made with regards to a condition of approval for uh, the geotechnical report and compliance with that. And I don't know if, uh, Commissioner Zod, you want to include that in your motion or not? I would, yes, definitely support that. So I'll make the motion to approve um, and take the staff recommendation for approval um, with the condition for the geotechnical report um, inclusion and um, to Commissioner Feller's condition, if that's included for the demolition to happen before building. And any design changes to come back to the planning commission. Thank you. And any design changes to come back before this commission. Second. Thank you. Uh, so we have a motion uh, for approval for staff recommendation with those three uh, additional conditions. Any further discussion from the commission? Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> do we want to condition the uh, privacy issue uh, to make sure that the uh, the planters and the the uh, foliage and the planters is uh, mature and dense and tall and that it does its job. I I think it's in the in the plans. Okay. I don't think we need to condition it further. I think okay. it's quite robust in the plan. If you're comfortable that they'll follow the plans, which is part of the I trust they will. Okay. But. Okay. I certainly agree. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, any uh, further comments from any of the commissioners? Uh, with that, a roll call vote, please, Director Phipps. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Okay, moving on to item eight. Uh, I'll entertain a motion for adjournment. So moved. So moved. Mm -hmm. Second. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Uh, thank thank you, you all. Thank you all for coming yep. this evening. Thank you, commissioners, members of the public.